Welcome to the Moose Room, everybody. We were supposed to have the OG3 here, but it's just Bradley and I. We are, again, in a situation where we're not sure where our third co-host is. Before, it was Bradley, and uh, now we're we're missing Emily, so we will keep you updated on what's going on. I, again, I mean, I really don't want this to turn into a true crime podcast, but exactly. uh, it's it's a possibility. If we can't find her, we'll, we'll let you know and shift gears. I'm uh, sure she's busy today. It's, uh, you know, summertime and fairs and all kinds of field days and stuff. So who knows where we're all running all over the place. Extension in the summer is just, yeah, it's fairs, it's field days. It's There's a, so much going on, lots of travel, lots of running around the state. So, yeah, she could be anywhere. All right. Well, Emily's not here, but we do have another student of Bradley's. Catherine Bosley is here today to talk about all sorts of things, mostly her project, but we'll get into a couple other things as well. Thank you for being here, Catherine. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you for inviting me, guys. It's just fun to hear firsthand how it is dealing with Bradley. So we like to to bring his students on just to see if we can make sure, and, and we want to check on you, make sure you're not doing a bunch of like hand weeding in 99 degree weather while Brad sips tea on the, on the gator or whatever. So kind of a check-in and but also get to hear some stories about Bradley which is nice <laughs> uh, I, I'm always good to my students we're, we're done weeding now but uh, we're, we're above and beyond that so we're we're moving fast Catherine's been doing some good stuff she can tell you all the fun stuff we're doing but maybe two weeks from now it might not be so fun getting up at 4 a.m or 3 a.m but that that always makes it a little difficult when you're getting up early and we'll get into why she has to get up so early here in just a second. Before we get into the meat of the episode, we got two super secret questions that may not be secret anymore that we need to ask. Up first, Catherine, what is your favorite breed of beef animal? My favorite breed of beef animal is actually the American British White Park. Ah, you're going with the White Park. That is not on our list yet. Oh, that's a new one. That is a new one. I have some experience and practice with that and and i gotta say it, it's it's definitely a polarizing breed you either love them or you're way on the other end of everything <laughs> so so why why is that your answer so my grandpa actually has a small herd of white park so i always helped him quite a bit growing up got to show him in 4-h too so they have a special place in my heart you know, I had some really good herds of white parks, and I know I actually have a, a friend who has some leftover white park genetics in his herd. So he's got mostly black Angus, but because they had parks at some point, there'll be, you know, 80 to 100 that come out black, and then there'll be one white. And it's it's really fun to see that one mixed in every year. So, all right, let's run down those totals. Black Angus at 14, Herefords at 8, Black Baldy at 4, Scottish Highlander at four, Red Angus at three, Belted Galloway at two, Shorthorn at two, and then all with one, Stabilizer, Gelby, Brahmin, Keenina, Charlay, Simiton, Alore, Jersey, Normandy, Belgian Blue, Brangus, Piedmontese, and now White Park with one. As you know, and the next question is, what is your favorite dairy breed? Oh, easy, Jersey. Yes. Exactly. There is only <laughs> one answer. I'm so happy that that came to your mind like right away. There was no hesitation at all. And that is the correct way 
that you should answer Jersey. <laughs> exactly. There's only the correct answer. Sorry, Emily, you are not here today. So there's one correct answer. That, that makes me very happy. Uh, we did not advance the whole scene lead at all. We're gaining on it just a little bit at a time here. We're going to hopefully continue to do that as we have some very select guests on. Let's run down the totals. Holstein's at 20. Jersey's now at 14. Brown Swiss at 7. Montbelliard at 3. Dutch Belted at 3. Normandy at 2. Milky Shorthorn at 1. Ayrshire with 1. And 1 Guernsey named Taffy. <laughs> Do you have a, any background on that that choice? Is it is it Brad's influence or is there a, a different reason? Oh, no. I have my own reasons. My parents have a small dairy farm, entirely registered jerseys. So I grew up showing registered jerseys since I was two years old and I've always been really involved with jerseys. I was a junior member of the Jersey Association, did like Jersey Youth Academy, Jersey Queen contests, all all the fun stuff. That's awesome to hear. Uh and and these jerseys, your home farm is not in Minnesota. Where where are you where are you from, Catherine? So I'm from Northern New York originally. Are there lots of jerseys there? I don't feel like I hear of lots of jerseys in Northern New York, but I've never been. So. There's a decent, a decent amount of jerseys in New York. So it's a potential place that Brad and I could move and be happy. I mean, that's what we're looking for is okay. <laughs> exactly. <Just> concentrated <laughs> areas of Jersey around the country. And okay. Catherine's heard is shown at many different places uh, where you show in New York, you've shown it. A national Jersey show in Louisville. So Catherine's family's got some pretty nice looking jerseys, uh, high type jerseys. So as opposed to bread milking my fat jersey at home, you know, Catherine's got some pretty nice ones. Yeah, we definitely focus more on the show type, but as well, it's an all around good animal too. You can't go wrong with jerseys. Doesn't matter what form they're in. So even even the one that Brad insists on milking at home, fortunately, she'll dry off here soon. I, I think that's still the plan, right, Brad? That is the plan. Yep. This week, she's going to go dry. All right. Well, let's get into the meat of this. Catherine gets the opportunity to work with Bradley, we'll call it that, and is working on a project. And I, I don't really have my head wrapped around it yet, to be honest. So I need to hear more. Catherine, can you give us an overview of what you're working on? So the main thing we're looking at is milk fatty acid profiles between Holstein and Procross cattle. So the Procross is the three breed rotation of Holstein, Montbelliard, and Viking Red. So we're interested to see if there's any difference looking at the individual fatty acids for each of them. So really there might be some interest in health-related fatty acids like omega-3s or CLA. So we're kind of curious to see what difference, if there is any there. So we're working with a couple of different herds across the state and Curious to see how that comes out, especially on the genetics end, which is my particular interest, but also as well as the production end as well. So when I think about this, you're sampling cows to figure out their their fatty acid profile and, and focusing on a couple of things. Oh, and before we move on, just so everyone's on the same page, can you explain what CLAs are? So CLAs are conjugated linoleic acids. So there has been quite a bit of research on their anti-carcinogenic, so reducing, uh, causing cancer, different things like that. I think there's a little bit on heart disease as well, prevention on that. So it's been a really huge interest on the human health end. So if we can figure out strategies, especially 
on the breed end too, as well as diet as well and other production factors for increasing that, that could be of huge interest for consumers and processors. Now, when you're sampling on these different farms, you're talking about comparing Holsteins versus Procross. Now, I have a couple of questions around that. How are you comparing Holsteins to Procross when usually when we're talking on one farm, there's either one or the other? Do you, are you being able to find farms that have both purebred Holstein still and Procross on the same place or how are you working that? Yeah, so we're specifically looking at farms that have enough of both within similar age groups and such to make sure that we have like to like to compare. Well, that, that makes sense. Uh, that That's cool. And I'm sure that makes it a little harder to find a farm, but uh, hopefully there's enough of those out there. My other question around that, especially since you said you, you're really big on the genetic side, are you looking at all the different variations as we get to a full Procross animal? So are you looking at the three different breeds that go into that Procross animal and being able to break them out in, in some way and compare them? Yeah, we'll be able to look at sire breeds as well considering that in the analysis. So now I got to ask, you know, of those three that go into the Procross, is there any background or suspicion as to which one might be pushing things in a certain direction? Kind of up in the air at this point. <laughs> what do you think, Brett? Well, to sort of give you a little background, I kind of started this on, on my own a little bit with our herd here in Morris, uh, utilizing some of the fatty acid stuff you can get from DHIA. So through milk testing, you can, Minnesota DHIA has been uh, providing fatty acid data from our herd. Now it's not specific fatty acids, it's kind of all combined together. So we're, you can use it for nutritional aspects, but there's been some indication that uh, our pro-cross cows are a little bit higher for uh, CLA than the Holsteins are. And our other breed that we have here at Morris, our Jersey Normandy, or maybe a little bit higher than a Holstein as well for CLAs and omega-3s. So that's kind of where it led me to work with some of these other herds here in Minnesota that have them so we can see if we see it uh, outside of maybe the, the research farm here in Morris. But you know, Catherine's uh, collecting the data here in Morris too to try and find, uh, to see if what we see here from a pooled standpoint is kind of holds true. Well, that brings us back to why Catherine has to get up so early some days, um, because she's got to be there during milking, I assume. Uh, so that means early mornings and and driving to where you need to get to. It's fun in some ways having someone else in the parlor because it, it, cause it breaks up the monotony, but it makes it harder to do your job. Uh, it always does. I've been in the parlor working on stuff during milking and I always feel like I'm in the way. How, how have farmers been handling that? So far, it's been really good. And we've gotten the same time as they already have the milk tester out for DHI. Okay? So it, you know, there's a lot of people in the parlor, but at least we're concentrating it all at the same time. So we're not interrupting a bunch of milkings in a row. I always feel like I'm, I'm intruding when I'm in the parlor. Maybe that's because I have the green coveralls on and they just don't want me in there. But Catherine's nodding her head. Yeah, that's definitely it. But yeah, I always feel like I'm just in the way. Yeah, I think the farmers have been great to work with. You know, that one day we were uh, south of the Twin Cities collecting the samples and it was what, Catherine, we were there four or five hours yeah. collecting uh, milk samples on, oh, just a little less than 400 cows. And 
we were just going all day and didn't have much time to sit down and think. And so it was, it was good. It was fun being on farm and collecting samples and seeing, seeing cows. And I think they've been pretty receptive uh, to working with us. So it's, uh, it's good. Another thing that particularly interests me is that we're going to be able to see if there's any gene interactions going on here as far as what we're looking at for individual fatty acids, especially since the Morris herd is genotyped, we'll be able to hopefully elucidate a few interesting things from that, which I'm excited for. And I think we'll be able to look at, at some of these uh, cows on farm, you know, we'll collect production data. Uh, we're collecting feed samples on farm, so we'll know how nutrition affects fatty acid profiles in, in their herds. Uh, ours is a grazing herd, but the other ones are, are confinement herds too. So we can get kind of an idea of what's going on in both a pasture-based situation and then in confinement too. So there'll be lots of different things that we can get from information to try and figure out what's what's happening on farm. Do you think that this is a big enough niche that that this could be marketed separately and become a premium product? I think there's definitely a place for it because consumers are definitely really interested on the health aspects of what they're consuming, what they're eating. And I really think that especially if we can figure it out on the research and more and keep pushing boundaries on what we know about that, that I think there'll be a place in the industry coming up on this. I mean, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of work happening, but it, it's pretty straightforward. Is there a difference between Holsteins and everything else? Yeah, and, and we, you know, we we just started it this summer, so we don't have any uh, uh, results yet. Maybe a year from now, we'll probably have some yeah. interesting stuff. Or, uh, you know, Catherine's going to have to process all these samples too, so there's going to be lots of work uh, processing this stuff. So, yeah, it, it it'll be good, and we'll. Uh, Certainly keep you updated to see where we're going. Well, great. Uh, we've, we've got to talk about uh, Catherine's Instagram and Facebook accounts, uh, mostly because I love the name. It, you can find her if you want to check it out at cow underscore nerd. Uh, and that is uh, a great, great follow on Instagram. Tell me about the goal of your, your page there, Catherine. All right. So my main focus is towards the general public and talking about the dairy industry particularly talking about cow care, as well as environmental topics, general farm life type things, as well as I throw in a few personal anecdotes here and there, touch a little bit on like nutrition as well. So the main idea is to connect consumers with farming, specifically focusing on dairy is the main one, but I occasionally dabble a little bit in beef here and there for a little bit of fun. But it's something I'm really passionate about on the connecting and relationship end of that. And both Facebook and Instagram, I hit my three-year anniversary in June. So it's been a fun ride. Managing different social media accounts is, uh, it, it's not a small amount of work. It's its plenty of work. And I'm I'm happy to look through and see that there's just so much Jersey content. It makes me really happy. There's an occasional Holstein, which is just fine. But uh, there's a lot of jerseys going through here, and I love to see that. I think the occasional Holstein was some of those have been from our dairy herd here in Morris, so we'll let it slide. So it's good that uh, we have uh, young people willing to share 
about agriculture and share with others uh, in the world about uh, some ag opportunities. I think that's always good. Uh, what, whatever issue it might be, um, you know, there's lots of other people out there, but uh, I think the more certainly the better in trying to all, you know, show us what agriculture does and promote our, our industry. Yeah, I think there's definitely a place for a lot of people that are involved in agriculture to talk about it. And we shouldn't just be relying on the one or two people that have really huge platforms because a lot of it comes down to the smaller interactions and a fair amount of my fan base per se would be in New York. But, you know, there's people I've met like in California and stuff. When we were at ADSA meeting, actually, I, I met up with someone that knew me from Instagram, which was pretty cool. It's a great way to share your story and, and to keep everything really positive, which I really like. And I appreciate you about your your Instagram is that it, it's it's all very positive and there's no bashing of other industries, especially other ag industries. And I, I love that we stay positive and educational. And that's that's a key. So you grew up in New York. You moved to Minnesota. They're they're very similar in a lot of ways. Do you do you see that? Or are there things about Minnesota that that are better than New York, I might say? There's nothing worse. I know that. But anything that you're you're really fond in love with once you got to Minnesota? I mean, there's a lot of similarities, especially like where I grew up as far as weather wise is pretty similar. Luckily, because I moved here in January and everyone thought I was completely nuts for moving to Minnesota and, you know, the heart of winter. But I think deep fried cheese curds. There are cheese curds back home. Just deep frying is not a really common thing to do to cheese curd, but it's wonderful. That sounds good right now. Do you, you know, we talked about all the county fairs going on in this summer, man. Deep fried cheese curds. That makes my mouth water right now. I'm in the same boat. It's hands down my go-to at the state fair, which is not all that far away. And I'm already, already thinking about them. And uh, I'm always on the hunt for the best cheese curds, not during the state fair time around the Twin Cities. And so it, it's a staple to, to order it wherever I go, just to make sure I, I know where the best ones are. I'm glad that's what you've, you've focused on. All right. Here's the the thing we've been doing lately is is letting all the students turn it back around and and ask questions of us. So if you have any questions, now's the time, especially questions for Bradley. <laughs> Brad, what do you really like about being a professor? Oh, what do I like about being a professor? Well, that's a good question. I like doing the research. I like finding out uh, questions or finding answers to questions that farmers have, actually. So, I've, you know, most of you know, I've worked in applied research for a long time and I just like finding things out and and I get to do a lot of different aspects in my job you know I like Catherine am a trained geneticist but now I get to work with calves and grazing and renewable energy and sensors and you name it uh, that's what I like about it I, it's not the same thing every day uh, I do enjoy getting to work uh, in the dairy industry and Finding out solutions to problems that maybe or challenges that that farmers are having. Cool. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out what I want to do, you know, post my master's and beyond that. So it's always cool to hear firsthand about different career options. 
when I get to work, you know, in extension too, uh, like Joe, we're, we're extension. So we're working with farmers and uh, working, you know, on a daily basis. So I like working with farmers too. So I don't necessarily just sit and do research. I, I don't, I don't do a lot of teaching. So mostly it's working with farmers and, and that's a good part of the job that I like to. So I like getting out on farm and, and doing that kind of stuff. Any other questions, Catherine? Oh, I know why Brad really likes jerseys. Why do you like jerseys, Joe? It is purely selfish. The reason I like jerseys. First of all, they're cute. They're much cuter than Holstein's. I'll give them that. And uh, the size is is just much better. Uh, being a vet and being a short, relatively short vet, the jerseys are just easier on my shoulder. They're easier to do a DA surgery on. Purely selfish. Uh, they've got better calving ease. I can't. I got more room to work. It, it's it's purely selfish from a veterinary standpoint. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. There's lots of good reasons. Small, small body size. We'll, we'll take it. The other piece of it is that, as we all know, they're just goofy. And I love it. They're real goofy. You know, it's one of those things where I tell anyone who has Holsteins and, and when we're talking about ketosis and what do cows do when they get ketosis? So I tell anyone who doesn't have jerseys, I say, well, when they're ketotic, you'll know because they'll start acting like a jersey because they do weird stuff. They bang on gates. They lick everything. They do, you know, they just get goofy. With a jersey, it's a lot harder to tell because they're just always goofy. Licking the fiberglass gates over and over again and getting the the weird splinters in their tongue and Clearly, it feels weird, and they just go back to it again. Stuff like that makes me fall in love with jerseys, in addition to all the other selfish reasons. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to love jerseys. I joke that the people that don't like jerseys don't like them because the jerseys are smarter than they are. We will make sure we tell Emily that. Hopefully, she'll listen to this and 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 catch that. <laughs> well, and, and you know, when when I was younger, people always used to, you know, if you go to a farm and and they have a couple Holsteins in. It was usually to wash the pipeline out after the jerseys yeah. were done milking. So, <laughs> Just oh man, now we're picking on Holsteins, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah Emily's yeah, yeah. not here to calm us to to, to watch us today, yeah. so that's her fault. We know? shouldn't let that spiral out of control, I guess. No, we won't. No, we'll we'll end there. Any other questions, Catherine? No, I I really enjoyed both of your answers. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you for being on today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. You guys know the drill. If you have comments, questions, scathing rebuttals, those can be emailed to the Mooseroom at umn.edu. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. If you would like to call us and ask a question that we will play on the podcast, you can call 612-624-3610. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at UMN Mooseroom and at UMN Farm Safety. If you want to check out Bradley's Instagram, you can go to at U-M-N-W-C-R-O-C Dairy. And then, of course, while you're there, check out Catherine's page at cow underscore nerd. I think that's plenty of plugs. And honestly, I'm pushing my luck because I haven't screwed anything up yet. So we're going to end it right there. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.